Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. What is today? Is today Wednesday? Today is halfway through the week. It's over the halfway. hump day. Yes. It's half day. Yes, it's half day. Happy <laughs> half day, everybody. Yes. Um, that means it's halfway means- through the week, not it's half a day. Don't don't be confused. Uh, a lot of things going on in our world, Bill. I want to start things off, though, if I can, take a few moments to sure. talk about what's happening in Brazil. Have you seen what's going on down there? Haven't seen, but, you know, I did know about the election. I did know that it was not good. And uh, you're telling me that uh, the people are saying enough is enough. Well, Brazilian President Herr Bolsonaro delivered a brief uh, comment on Tuesday, keeping the media waiting for over an hour. I love that. He said he'd like he'd speak at, uh, let's say, hypothetically, 3 o'clock. Well, he didn't get there till after 4. Uh, he addressed the crowd uh, who was that was protesting the election. I saw video of the crowd. It was unbelievable. It had to be a million people in the streets in Brazil that are not accepting what's what they're trying to sell them in uh, in Brazil. See, the socialist guy who says he won, Lulu, he was president of Brazil from 2003 to 2011, and he was convicted in 2017 of taking bribes in the nation's highest office while he was president of Brazil. He was convicted, found guilty, but yet here he is again. Suddenly, they're saying he was elected again into office. They're not buying this story at all in Brazil. And when, where, I guess it's pronounced hair, Bolsonaro, it's J-A-I-R. When he came out to speak, he was very diplomatic. He didn't concede. You know, Donald Trump had told him, don't, whatever you do, don't concede. He didn't concede. He said to be peaceful. I like your protests as long as they're peaceful. But, you know, it's, it's going to be awfully hard to keep these protests peaceful. If you've got a couple of million people out there in the streets and you're defying them by stealing their election, I don't know how it stays calm. You've got to wonder whether what's happening in Brazil is tied into what happened to us in 2020, whether it's all part of the same uh, deep state uh, plan. Globalist thing. Yeah, globalist thing, too. Because... Bolsonaro was was called the Trump of Brazil. He was pro-Brazil. The economy was cooking, doing very well in Brazil. The country was going smoothly. He was loved by the people in Brazil like Trump was loved by his supporters in the United States. So you got to wonder whether maybe this is all tied together and uh, maybe they're looking to see what's happening in Brazil. Also, I think in our country... I think the the right is waiting for the midterms. They're going to watch and see whether the midterms are stolen. I think, Bill, we talked about this off the air. Yeah, we 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 agreed that if it were a fair election on Tuesday, it would probably be a big red wave. But we both question as to whether it's going to be fair. Well, if it's a big red wave and the Republicans do get in, yeah, uh, we remember what happened when Trump won in 2016. He's not my president. You stalled it. And they sat there and they did everything they could to undermine everything. Uh, they used every ounce of energy they had. They used every person in place that they had to sit there and belittle 
defy and trip up the president and his cabinet. And they made sure that they had infiltrators in, in the cabinet so they could sabotage it because they wanted to make him fall on his face because that is their, that is their agenda. Nobody can fix this because we broke it. We know how to fix it. Well, you're right about infiltrators, Bill. Absolutely. People wonder why he went through so many cabinet members. In the beginning, you know, he'd hire somebody. He's going to be the secretary of such and such. And then within a year, the guy was being replaced. It's because of what you just said. There were people who were so they were sold to the president as being the right guy for the job, only for him to find out that they weren't. It happens in life in every aspect of it in business. I mean, you get these clicks. And it's a buddy system. They get yep. power, and that's what they do. It's happening to Elon Musk with Twitter. Yep. Uh, if you've ever been in management and you take over a place, when I say take over, you come in to fix a problem. And I, when I was in management, I had that. And they say, you know, the managers say, here's a confidential letter of your problems that you got to keep an eye out on, which was always helpful, you know, but it, I, I had uh, I had a person, I, I believe in the grenade theory. You go in, you blow it all up, and then, oh, you want to keep your job, reapply for it. Because this place is a hole, and mm-hmm. you want to get it fixed. So you start from scratch. But, you know, it, I made a mistake in, in Iowa one time where I sat there. The guy I was told th- that I could trust was the biggest backstabber in the world. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way it is. Well, you know, Musk, you mentioned Elon Musk, Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said in a tweet, I guess a couple of days ago, uh, hey, folks, uh, a big shout out to so-and-so who works here at Twitter. Uh, I think he's going to be a good man. And the people on Twitter, and I can't tell you who the guy is. I don't remember offhand. But the people on Twitter said, no, 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 that's that's the wrong guy. He has said terrible things about the people who are uh, supporters of President Trump. He's been anything but a friend of ours and of Twitter. He has asked that we be censored. This is what the people were saying. So, so I think I think uh, Musk went silent after that. So you got to wonder. You're right. You, you got to wonder whether he's getting the right advice from the right people right now in Twitter. And mm. I. I think there are going to be more changes and even a guy who's worth 200 how many billion how many billion dollars is he worth even a guy worth a all that money yeah he uh he still can make mistakes well you know you you, you got to have people you can trust trump didn't have anybody you could trust right elon musk doesn't have anybody that he can trust you cannot trust a soul you can't even trust your own damn family when it comes to things that uh, involve money or politics, forget it. You are on your own, and you better remember that. Yep, absolutely correct. Uh, Trump couldn't even trust his vice president. Trump, no. Trump was sold a bill of goods on Mike Pence. Mike Pence seemed like a honest, peaceful, pleasant man. Uh, a devout a Christian, yes. But when push came to shove he stabbed trump in the back and he had the power off the cliff yeah yeah he had the power in congress uh, uh, back when the election was being questioned all he had to do is say 
we're going to pause the election here and send the votes back to the states to have them verified. What's amazing about that is the Democrats said, no, you don't have that power. No, 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 no. And he, you know, whether he knew he did have the power or didn't yeah. know what the hell he had, he went along with that storyline. Now, the funny thing is, after they took power, they're going, we need to change that law. That's right. Because, yeah. You know, it's like, so in other words, <laughs> yes. you lied. Yes. You, know, yep. you told a big fat whopper. I think it's, it's interesting to hear about the people who are thinking of running for the presidency on the Republican side in 2024, Mike Pence being one of them. Uh, oh, I mean, the former, the soon-to-be former governor, Asa Hutchinson, uh, I believe he's from uh, Arkansas. Uh, he's considering running for the presidency. Do these people not know the popularity of the man who's going to be running and who's going to end up being the standard bearer if all things... Uh, are, are equal. Even, even if he gets indicted, you watch, even if Trump gets indicted by this sham, you know, justice department. Oh, he will. I think it'll only strengthen Trump's popularity. I don't even know that they're really, I mean, I think if they could lock him up, put him in an orange suit, you know, send him down to uh, shackles. Put him in shackles. Yes. Because it's all optics. That's what yep. they want. They want to embarrass him and make a Republican drop their head and go, oh, yes. Geez. Well, that's what it's all about. But you know what? Uh, it, it, Put it, him in a cage being drawn by a horse, you know, in, in shackles. Pop, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. Down, down Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington. You know, it, it's all a sham. It's all a lie. You know, uh, the Democrats could actually sue Burger King right now. Why is that? For fault, well, false advertising. Burger King, the home of the Whopper. Yes. Well, that would be the Democratic Party and, and the <laughs> truths that they never tell. They tell some big whoppers. What They're we're the home of the whopper. What we're being told right now is that Joe Biden's incredibly popular by the Democrats. Uh, and that well, being said, you know, that's funny because they're talking about the Twenty Fifth Amendment on him again. Oh, I know, but the, you know they're they're also discouraging him from going to key states in the uh, midterms. They don't want him to to to, uh, to uh, what do you call it to help candidates who are like in. Uh, New York. They, I mean, they want to keep a low profile, Joe. Uh, let Barack handle it. Uh, you just uh, stand aside. Now, Be what could happen after the uh, midterms? Uh, let's say the Republicans have a wave, they win. Is there anything that they could do to maintain power after that? Anything. Could the, could the Democrats... Yeah, ne negate, negate the election results and maintain control? Is that what you're saying? Sure. I mean, yeah. Could they do that? You know, I don't know how they would do that. I wouldn't put it past them to try. Well, you know, they uh, they always say we're a country of laws, and they pull these laws out of deep, dark, hidden places you know, and I'm not even going to guess where those deep, dark, hidden places are. Uh, but, you know, I, I see they're floating the 25th Amendment, and I'm going, well, if they do that, who who goes into power? Is it going to be Kamala? Well, Or is something going to happen there where uh, Nancy steps in? Well, here's what we know. They have a lot of friendly 
federal judges and state judges too. Judges that have been put into place by guys like Soros and uh, his ilk. I mean, it's an, it's obvious to anybody who's been paying attention. Do they so, have the power? Do they have the power, the courts, to invalidate an election? Well, that was where I was going to go with this thing. Let's say that we should have done that back in 2020, not to sit there and right. say, you didn't win, but to at least go back and get a proper accounting, which that has never happened. Whether you think it has, right. it has not. So the Democrats go, well, we stole this thing fair and square, but we still lost. Well, it's an invalid election because they're, they're setting up the story that it's the Republicans that are doing yeah. the stealing. So they could come The difference back and say, is well, they will get you. The difference is, like you're saying, the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans is the Republicans hesitated and didn't, didn't send it back for verification. The Democrats will send will. it back for verification to sympathetic uh, Democratic legislators and legislatures, and it, they may uh, change it. Well, that's what I'm saying about Democrats. They do not leave a stone unturned. Take, for instance, I think I mentioned this before we started the podcast. Uh, you you have the um, the service industry workers, the people down in Florida. Uh, actually, no, over in uh, Nevada, Las Vegas. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, they, they you know they have people that that, that the the waitresses, the cooks, the chefs, yep. they're a member of a union. Now they don't get that much money. Well, they didn't get that much money, but the union is promising. Hey, you know what? In the union. Well, you need to get 26 bucks an hour to start. Uh, you can get your house loan through us. Well, you know, you're a member of the union. Healthcare. Healthcare, you got healthcare. it all. I mean, nice little socialistic program going there. And I'm all for everybody getting what they deserve. But they went out. They started yesterday. This was an Obama-Hillary thing. They're going, you know how many service workers are there that are members of the union? Let's mobilize them. They went out yesterday and hit 250,000 doors. Wow. Now, don't you don't think that that is going to make some kind of a difference in the election next week? And that's the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. And listen up, Republicans. You leave cards on the table. You leave stones unturned. You know, as bad as we say Hillary is, and that Obama never had over a 40% rating, but he was the greatest president ever, you know, and he lies through his teeth. The simple fact is they sit there, they they sit back and they pause, and they look at the entire board and go, you know, there's a cell of people over there, and why don't we enable them? Why don't we enable these people? While we're focused on the big picture, they focus on that too, but they focus on everything. And we don't. We leave cards on the table. And if they do legitimately win, that would be how they would do it. The problem, as I see it, is the Democrats are a unified party, e albeit socialist. They are mm -hmm. unified in their socialism. They are a socialist, unified party, the Democrats. The Republicans, well, in my opinion, are split. They're divided. You have the traditional Mitch McConnell uh, Kevin McCarthy, Republicans who are old school, uh, go along to get along Republicans. Then you have 
the MAGA party, big part of the Republican Party, huge part, that is uh, make America great again. And their supporters of Donald Trump. And they are not in sync with, with Mitch McConnell. No, Mitch McConnell's kind of a moderate, you know, and, and I was, you know, uh, was Dwayne Johnson who wanted to run for president, but he goes, no, family's more important. Says he's a Republican, but he supported Biden and Hillary. But he goes, well, I'm a centralist. And it got me to thinking, I'm going, okay, what are the political persuasions? Okay, you got progressives. A progressive is going to be a Democrat. You've got uh, socialists. Well, that's going to be a Democrat. You have people that have communistic views, Marxist views. That's going to be a Democrat. What else do you have? Moderates? Well, out of the moderates, half are going to be Republican, half are going to be Democrat. You know, so you've got four or five different distinct groups that all fall under that Democratic umbrella. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, but they're taking that that body as a whole. Whereas you get over to the conservatives. You you have, you know, the, the MAGA group, which are true patriots, and you have the Mitch McConnells. We the, have a small tent. The only monkey wrench that's thrown into this, though, is the MAGA group seems to be an, a very appealing group to a lot of the minority Democrat n- new voters, meaning the Hispanic vote. A huge, yeah. a huge portion of the Hispanic vote is changing and leaning MAGA, going MAGA, and it's irritating and upsetting the Democrats. Yeah, which is why they want to say the mega MAGA trickle-down stuff. They, yeah. they throw every negative meme out there that they can. Any negative, when you say MAGA, they want you to think of bad stuff. Yes. So that's why they do it. They say MAGA. You don't want to be a MAGA. On the wall. You don't want to be a MAGA. You don't want to be associated with MAGA. No, you don't. You don't want to do that. So they yeah. they they demean you, and there's no basis for how they demean, uh, other than they just want to slander your name, and, and it's fair. Unfortunately, you know what Biden's doing right now? He's gone to the old the old playbook of saying that the Republicans are going to go after your Social Security. They're going to take your Social Security. You're not going to make as much. If you vote for Republicans and you're on Social Security, you're going to lose, okay? But here's the problem with that. That's never been part of the Republican, uh, uh, what do you call it, mandate. That's not what platform. That is not something that they have talked about. They are for improving Social Security, making it stronger so it lasts longer, but they're not about taking it away from you. But the— this is a desperation move, Bill, on the part of the Democrats. Yeah, and you know you got to look at the history, and I'll bring it forward. But you look at the history of Social Security, and you know that's money that we put in, employers put in, that is sacred. It's holy grail. What party was in power that looked at that pile of money and said, "Well, we can borrow from it"? Yeah. Right. The Democrats. And they're the ones that put it in the hole to begin with. Wasn't it Clinton? So, Wasn't it Clinton who uh, taxed it? Yeah. For the longest know, time, I'm it was tax free. But look, when you go on disability, Social Security, 
it's not a lot of money. It is growing, and it should be a nice amount of money. And if it was doing what it was originally set up to do, you could live comfortably the way it is. It is a social program. So it is a form of socialism, you know, and you can argue, well, the streets that you drive down, that's a right. social issue. But you're right. If, look at if, those. It was, if the streets were capitalized, you'd be paying for, to go on every street. Every right. street would have a toll booth. Well, you know, the funny thing is the streets that have toll booths, you're just paying for this road. And, you know, 60 years later, you're driving on the, uh, the, uh, the turnpike of potholes. Yeah. And, you know, and paying, you know, uh, four bucks for every 20 miles. You, you don't know, think the like, politicians misuse the funds, do you? Uh, well, no, because <laughs> they make sure they make sure that they have a job. Yeah. Uh, and their family members have job and their family members, kids have jobs. Yep. Uh, through this all it, it, you know what I'm saying? We're seeing in polls that the Republicans are going to win in a lot of key states, surprising states. We see Don Bolduc in New Hampshire. He's a former general, a guy who has so many credentials, has done so much for our country. It shouldn't even be close. He's going against, what, Maggie Hassan? And, mm -hmm. uh, but she's been tough. She's been ahead in the campaign uh, for most of the, uh, the campaigning period. I think only until the latest poll has Bolduc moved ahead. So yeah. you got to wonder, is something something going to happen that, that changes the course of, of the outcome of the, uh, of the elections? I don't know, but I, I am very cautious about saying we're going to have a red wave. I'm very cautious about saying we're going to have victories. John Fetterman, in a honest and fair world, wouldn't have a snowball's chance in hell being senator from the state of Pennsylvania. But yet, he's still neck and neck with Dr. Oz, an accomplished businessman, uh, a masterful uh, cardiothoracic surgeon. This guy knows what he's doing, and he's got all of the personality and charm. He'll get things done. He's talking about working with people to get uh, good things for the state of Pennsylvania. And this guy, Fetterman, all he talks about is legalizing certain drugs and getting murderers released from prison. I mean, the guy is a doofus, and this is before he had the stroke. Please don't say that I'm picking on Fetterman because he had a stroke. Before he was uh, stricken by the stroke, he still was a doofus, okay? That's my yeah. humble opinion. He may be, for all I know, he may seem like a nice guy to sit down and have a cup of coffee with. He might be. Uh, I heard he's a nice guy, you know, but, you know, you can be a nice guy and still have... Your skeleton's in your closet. Maybe a little cocaine problem. Maybe a little sexually deviant. On the surface, he's, he's not his I guy. Mean, I mean, I bet you some people would sit down with Adolf Hitler and say, he, you know, I had a dinner with him. It was a terrific dinner. It was very, very uh, pleasant, you know. The fact of the matter is he was the most evil son of a bee ever to walk the planet you know, responsible for the death of deaths of millions of innocent people. That's Hitler, mind you. I'm talking about Hitler. I'm not trying to say that Fetterman is Hitler, but a lot of Fetterman's uh, policies and, and his platform are, are not beneficial to uh, any Pennsylvanian. They want to take fracking away. And what is one of the biggest industries in Pennsylvania? It's the fuel and energy industry. And, and he wants to take a large segment of it away, make it illegal to frack in PA. 
Well, what they're doing with it, let, let's be honest with you, the fracking, the energy, the oil, the gas, we have the biggest reserves in the world. So why are we shutting it down and dependent on somebody else? Well, we're buying favors is what we're doing. We're outsourcing it because we want to buy favors from other people. And, you know, Americans can afford seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a gallon, even though we should be getting it for about a buck and a quarter to a buck fifty. We had it down to a buck eighty when Trump was in, and that happened over a very quick pace because he revved it up. And you know, there's cleaner ways now that we have the technology to pull it out of the ground where it's clean the way that we do it. And it's not just oil, friends. I mean, there's natural gas, especially up here in Pennsylvania, uh, the Marcella Shell, mm-hmm. you know, which is the biggest natural, you know, gas reserve there is. In the world, I think. That. I think it's it's like the biggest in the world. It's huge. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. I mean, we have the energy here. Now, I remember as a kid back in the 70s, they're going, well, you know, gas is going to run out in just a few years, and we're going to be down to that. We have a 500-year supply of coal. Well, those numbers are wrong. They were wrong. Now, I'm not saying there won't come a time that we deplete it if we never changed anything. But the simple fact is we're not there. We have time to fix it. And it's cleaner than their alternative right now, believe it or not. And Biden turns around, I think it was a couple of days ago, and says to the oil co- oil companies, hey, look at do your civic duty and do some exploration and find some new pockets of uh, fuel and, and uh, maybe bring it to, bring it to uh, the pumps. But the fact is, the oil companies are turning around and saying, why should we do that? You're, you're trying to ruin our industry. We, you're saying for us to explore for new uh, sites of fuel in our country, there's no guarantee we're going to find them. It's cost millions of dollars to do that exploration. Why should we invest all that money into doing it for an administration that is bound and determined to see us sh- close our doors? No, Joe, that's lip service to say, hey, why don't you go find us a new source for fuel? What he's really saying is, I've already taken this stuff and I've got people that want to buy it from us because we're going to line our pockets and get favors for our party and myself and my kids and my family. But go find us some more because we have other buyers. And the thing that gets me is it is so hypocritical. He's saying we're going to get away from fossil fuel. Fossil fuel is bad and all this stuff. But yet he turns around to Venezuela and the Saudi Arabian and and he goes hat in hand and he does a fist bump, and he says, we really could use your oil. I know that I've said bad things about you to the media uh, in recent years, but forget all that. We need your, your oil and gas. Can you help us out? And they they turn around and flip them the bird. They do it diplomatically. It's not an obvious bird, but they give them the big wazoo, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and we're stuck. Now we're stuck because this guy's put himself between a, hawk, a rock and a hard spot. He said to our oil companies, I'm going to crush you. So they're not investing in their businesses anymore to find new oil and bring it to market. And we can't get it from the traditional places where we used to get it. Well, maybe what we ought to do, maybe Biden's partially right to get away from fossil. But maybe we need to get away from fossil politicians. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I still... Starting am, with Joe. I am still... 
not convinced at all that electric uh, cars are the answer. I think they are, have been brought to market too fast. I think that there are companies out there that were pressured into doing so, like General Motors. Do you remember when, I think it they was... They have virtually switched over entirely to electric. Well, I think that it was under, I want to say it was under Obama. It might have been Clinton, but they had a financial problem, and the, and the government rescued them. And ever right. since the government rescued General Motors, they have been... Hat- they kissed their rear ends. They have been firmly kissing the gluteus maximus of of the government and mm-hmm. they're still doing it so the government comes along and says hey look at we want electric cars can you can you get us the electric cars well sure why not we can get them electric cars we'll stick some big batteries in those suckers and we'll get them out in the road sure well, they'll catch things. they'll catch fire if it rains if you drive through a huge puddle and the engine gets wet <laughs> oh good luck but uh yeah we can get them out and we'll get rid of all of our gas cars so long as like we know that you'll be there if we need you yeah, well, you got to look at it this way. If you lose an engine, a gas engine in a car, eh, cheaply 2000 Yeah. It's $6,000 to replace it. Sure. A brand new big gas engine, eh, 12000 You've done that, haven't way, you, Bill? Haven't you replaced a, an engine in your oh, car? Oh, I've replaced an engine. Yeah, I've had to because I had an ex that, uh, drive it like you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> I blew the engine, hon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very drive much. Drive it like you stole it. <laughs> so... I've had that, but electric motors, they have bearings. Yes. And bearings to work, they need a lubricant. Yes, right. They need so a that, that, there you go. Now, besides that and the wires and everything in that thing, and I love electric engines and and the, the thought of electricity, but we haven't got it down yet. So, well, the lithium battery or any battery in a car minimum is going to be five ten thousand for a battery five or ten thousand right. dollars let alone the engine i mean the cost of the vehicle you're paying fifty thousand dollars and the body and the shell is probably five thousand the rest of that is all the mechanical parts but the battery releases a green gas and that gas is more damaging more harmful and more pollutant than the modern gas engine. Go figure. What I wondered is why haven't they made it so that all electric cars have a standard, meaning you don't have different plugs for different cars and different uh, adapters and stuff like that. You have one standard. This plug will work on the Tesla. This plug will work on the GM the uh, Hyundai, all the electric cars have the same plug. From what I understand, that's not the case right now. Also, I, I th- I've always thought, why don't they make these electric cars so that instead of having to pull in and charge, you open the trunk and they come over and they just pick out the old dead battery and take it over to a charger and put a new battery in. The battery essentially doesn't stay with the car forever. Do you know what I'm well, saying? Well, if you have a hydrogen cell battery that charges within a couple of minutes, I mean, when I say that, because you're pumping the fuel in to generate the hydrogen cell. That's that's how that works. They have that. They have those filling stations. Out in California, they have cars that run on it. There are trucks. Right. Now, the trucks that we're talking about are maybe the 55-foot box trucks. They are not the Are you talking semis. about natural gas? 
I don't know. It said the hydrogen is not natural gas. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, it's different. But even that, you know, when you talk about the trucking industry and diesel, which uh, we ought to be running out of here any second now. Uh, it's supposed um, to be. It was supposed to be a week, wasn't it? And it's pretty close to it right now. Yeah, I mean, we're we're right in the cusp of it. But you cannot get a truck to go up those big mountainous grades with an electric engine at all. You need the power of a diesel engine. But nobody thinks about any of this stuff. So, you know, and, and the locomotives, you're going to run a train on battery? They're diesel engines. And that's the only way you can sit there and, you know, hook up. 200 box cars what to a locomotive. What, what it's happened? a diesel engine. Electric won't do it. What happens? You drive your, your electric car through the desert out in the southwest, and you are 350 miles from anywhere, and you, you get stuck. You run out. Your battery dies. You know, electric batteries, uh, they react differently to different temperatures. So you get out, and it's, a, it's 110 degrees in the shade in a desert, is the battery going to drain even, you know, in the car quicker than it would mm -hmm. if it was like 55 or 60 degrees? I don't well, think I have the a big spool of wire and you want some copper and some lead uh, that you can cut down into little pieces and you can go to all the cactuses out in the desert. Yes. And you can, you know, wire up the cactuses because actually you can pull electricity out of fruits uh, and uh, cactus or anything like that might be a half a volt, you're going to be doing a lot of stringing of wires that might be able to start your car. Well, I see. Probably not, but at least you'd be busy for a while and think, I'm going to get it to start. I'm going to get it to start. I'm going to get it to start. I see a market, a new business forming in those areas where guys will bring horses, teams of horses that they will bring out to your dead car. They will hook up a team of horses to your dead car and you will Use your car like an old wagon to get to the nearest charging station. Yeah, horse, yeah, yeah. Sitting on your $80,000 Tesla or whatever, your very expensive electric car, while you're stuck in the middle of nowhere. In the meantime, if you would continue to drive your gas car, uh, you might have been able to wave down a car. They could have picked you up. You could have gone to a gas station. You could have spent a few dollars, gotten a five-gallon container of gas, gone back to your car, put it in your car, and you could have driven to the next gas station. I don't... You know, if, like the old Jeeps, you know, if you're driving across a big, long, barren place, not a bad idea to have a gas can in the trunk that's got some emergency fuel. Absolutely. So at least you can... Ah, uh, oh, crap, honey, we're out of gas. Yep. Next filling station, 20 miles. Well, I got three gallons back there. We got 60 miles. We'll make it. We're going to yep. live. We're, we're fine. I think the electric cars are not the answer. I think we talked wow. about it before. There are other batteries and other systems out there that uh, are actually more exciting that nobody is talking about. We, we talked about, was it uh, uh, not a diamond battery? Was it a diamond battery? Crystal battery. A crystal battery? No, I think what you're talking about is what they were, is a, they call it a forever battery. They're yeah. taking, what they're doing is, is uh, they're taking, I think, spent, Reactor That's cores. what it was, Bill. Spent reactor uh, cores from nuclear power plants. Right. And they can make little batteries, and the, the amount of you know uh, uranium that's in them is non-lethal, but it's 
enough to, you have a battery that can run your radio forever. Right. Uh, in your lifetime anyway, same thing for a car, uh, that technology. And, you know, think about it now. You, you go to Utah, to the, uh, the, 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 the salt. The mines, you know, mines. Yeah, that's where they put. So we we've already rods. got we've already got maybe fifty years of of rods sitting in those mines. People may say, oh, "Well, no, no, there's more than that." Well, they've been sitting there for sixty or seventy years. So how how good are they? They're still very good because they have what uh, five hundred years, uh, five hundred no, years, no, fifteen thousand years. Okay, so and, this, yeah, and and you know, you get a rod, you put it into a reactor, yeah, in, in a few months to five months time. They take it out, which, you know, tells me they don't have uh, a good efficiency factor uh, in nuclear power plants. When you got something that's got a half-life 15,000 years and you only use it for a few months, and then you stack the rods on top of the building until you can take it and haul it off somewhere and throw it in the ground. I had a friend that did marketing, and he's the one that sold, you know, the bill of goods to the uh, the, the salt uh, mm-hmm. mines. And, you know, he was laughing about it one day going, yeah, you know, that was a big sell because they think that they're safe in there. He goes, yeah, we knew it was about maybe five or ten years, and they're going to have a problem. So what do, you, going, what do you think? But why why are they not going in that direction? Why aren't they going towards batteries uh, that are like the forever battery? Really? You yeah. Want, my answer is they're stupid. You know, and you know, I shouldn't say stupid. They're greedy, mm-hmm. and people sit there. They worry about themselves today. They don't worry about tomorrow. They're not the forever battery isn't dangerous, thinking. right? It's not a dangerous battery. It's not something that can explode or cause any no any problem. Like no, that. because the amount of the the amount of the fuel that's used in there is a safe, non-lethal amount. Now, but who's going to make money? You know, if you made a car that doesn't need gasoline, well, then the gas companies would right. go out of business, and they're worried about that now anyway with Joe, but they know that there's nothing out there. So if you made a car that didn't need gas and didn't need to be charged to tar- charging stations go away, you know, well, big business can't make money out of that now, can they? It's sort of like the J.P. Morgan philosophy when Tesla was building a his Tesla tower Right. In, back in the turn of the 20th century on Long Island, and it was being funded by J.P. Morgan, a rich industrialist investor. Uh, and Tesla built this great tower. It looked like a giant mushroom, about 75 feet in the air. And uh, J.P. Morgan said, this looks like it's finished. Uh, you know, uh, tell me a little bit more about this. How are we going to make money on this? And Tesla said, well, we really aren't going to make money on this because we're going to, it's going to give electricity to the people for free. It was going to generate electricity. I believe they were going to deliver it through the ground to receptors in homes and people would be able to get their electricity for nothing. As soon as J.P. Morgan, the investor said, we're not going to get any money out of this. And, and Tesla said, well, no, really, it's going to be for the good of mankind. J.P. Morgan pulled all of his investment money, and that project went belly up. So what you're mm-hmm. saying is the same thing. Investors haven't changed a bit since the days of J.P. Morgan, that they want to make money, they have to make money, and if they can't make money, they're not going to do it. It's the oligarchs and us. And the oligarchs want money. If if you come up with an idea that is, 
you know, is not going to make them any money, but will benefit mankind. Forget about it. Ain't going to be worth its salt. <clears throat> so we, you know, this reminds me of the scene in The Wizard of Oz when he said, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> I can't help but I can't help but think that there are a lot of men behind the curtain that we don't know about who are who are pulling our strings, who are manipulating the world for their benefit and their benefit alone. Not Bill Knights or Jim Harrington or the person who is listening to our podcast right now. We're of no importance to them. Well, that's true. And, you know, we talked about, uh, not today, but we've talked about in the past, the uh, the World Economic Forum. Yeah. And they want to reduce the world population. They want to produce reduce it by 80%. Yep. And, and the reason, the only reason that I can see for that is they look at how they're milking this planet and milking us for everything that we have. And at some point, you hit that point of diminishing returns. And as they see it right now, you know, with what they can grab, you know, for wealth and what we can produce and what we really cost them, we're a liability to them. So the easier thing to do is to cut that liability, get rid of the population. They're playing on man's greed. Mm-hmm. What they've done is they've built an organization that is incredibly well-funded by rich, unnamed people in the background. The key people in this organization, the World Economic Forum, and they have gone after people in different countries who can be swayed by money and power, mostly money. If, if, hey. if, they, if they're poor, but they're in a position of influence, they are prime candidates for the influence peddling on the part of the World Economic Forum. And what they've done is they've built this system, this web up so much, they now have it, it working in the United States. They have it working in Canada. They have it working in England. They have it working in, in Brazil. Look at, look at England a couple of weeks ago. We had a new prime minister. She lasted, what, a month? And she was replaced by somebody else that we never heard of. He's. They had an article in the paper this morning about congratulations on getting through your first week as prime minister. This, this isn't normal for these countries. This isn't how it has always been. These are incredibly stormy and turbulent times that we're living in, not just the United States. It isn't just that our election was stolen in 2020. It's that our election was attempted to be stolen in 2016 and didn't work. And it may have been stolen in 20, in 2008. It has been their goal to get control of governments for decades. Not This is something that just didn't pop on the radar. If they're anything, these evil so-and-sos, if they're anything, they are patient. They mm-hmm. will wait and they will wait and they will keep going until they get what they want. They have the money. Now, Brazil, why would a country that's flourishing under Bolsonaro's, a country that is 
got things going in the right direction and the people love him, why would they all of a sudden vote him out? And and like I said, Bill, the, I don't know that you're aware of this or not, but in, in Brazil's case, mm-hmm. they were throwing votes out. In the election yeah. counting, they were throwing votes out. Oh, that can't count. They were throwing votes out by the bucket load to get this guy Lulu in power. Well, you know, they did that here. And, you know, it goes back to that piece of audio we played yesterday of Soros that we are getting into. the, the They're infiltrating the parties and the government. They want to get inside the framework so they can put in the people that they want put in, and they have control. And so that's what's going on. And you don't think Soros is a part of our he's, – oh. he's publicly stated that he's into ours and other countries. And it's just plain and simple like that. It was interesting that, uh, you know, with Elon Musk taking over Twitter, turns out that there were some 2,000 people that turned out to be Chinese spies. Now they'll say, oh, that's those Republicans trying yeah. to steal. But it was influencers. They were Chinese agents pretending to be political influencers on both sides of the realm there. And you know, we, we've got to take control of our country. And when I say that, I actually mean it, that we don't have control of it. Oh, absolutely. We've given the reins to the wrong people. And China sees that, and they see us as a prime opportunity because they're not in bed with Soros and Schwab, you know, and they don't want to be. But they see it as an opportunity to become, now China used to be the big, the big superpower, for all the years, and they want to do it again. Case in point, why would why would we have DAs and attorney generals not prosecuting criminals, having them come in, having them be booked, and then having them released? Why would we have people who have attacked other people in public places be arrested only to be released the same day to do it again? Mm-hmm. And, and it's become commonplace. Why would we have riots in Seattle and Portland, American cities, Minneapolis, that you would have thought never would have had uh, what happened to them happen to them? You know, we would have thought, my goodness, Minneapolis, that's an all-American city. That would never fall apart like it did two years ago. But it was because the people who were running the governments in those cities didn't stand up to protect their cities, didn't put down these rioters, these rabble-rousers, these people who were rebelling against the system. As a matter of fact, their lack of action was encouragement. Continue. Go on your way. Even our vice president, Carmela Harris, she had a, a tweet uh, during the riots saying, help me in supporting the people who have been imprisoned and jailed because of their participation in the riots. And right. uh, she wanted money to get them bail. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Um, they are right now very successful. They were quiet. They got their people in place. And now we're suffering as a result. I don't yeah. know how we get rid of these people. They say elections, but they're they're swinging those things too. Yeah, weird stuff going on. Of course, you know North Korea is giving a warning to the United States of uh, you know major consequences. What is he talking about? Nukes? Because he doesn't want us doing war games with uh, South South Korea, the second mm-hmm. Ohio class nuclear 
ballistic missile sub has just popped up out of nowhere over in uh, the Arabian Sea, uh, Gibraltar. It just showed up for no reason. Zip. Came yeah. up, surfaced their port, and said, hi, here we are. Yeah, we can blow the hell out of this planet. What are we doing over there? Well, why is? do you think any of this stuff is an accident? I mean, do you think they just, out of the, by coincidence, sent portable nuclear rocket launchers to Europe that we, by coincidence, sent over the 101st Airborne after 80 years of them not being in Europe? Well, the thing I have a problem with is those Ohio-class subs. Uh, they're pretty nice. Now, there's a new class out there that you aren't going to be able to hear the engine. And uh, I think I sent you something on that a while back, uh, the the casings, that they how they make this, yeah. this thing. But either way, uh, you know, you got two of these subs. That you, nobody's supposed to know where those things are. Yet we showed up somewhere that there's no reason for us to be there. Not one, but two of them. Just boop. Now, is that a, just a show to sit there and say, hey, we can pop in on you anytime we want? Uh, or is it a stupid move to where now? Oh, it's, this guy has done nothing but make stupid military moves, Bill. Because if I were a foreign nation, I'm going, well, there's one. There's two. Yeah. Let's tag those ships, and now we know where the hell they are and where they're going to go. Because... One ship can take out a nation. Well, maybe they think that some. maybe they think that the uh, the the submarines can submerge and become stealth again and disappear. Yeah, they're they're in a channel in a port, you know, and they just surfaced and here we are. <laughs> I can't imagine them staying there very long, and I also can't imagine them uh, going into a port where there wasn't an escape. Do you know? I mean, like going into a channel where they can't back up or turn around, that would be stupid. But Right. They're probably at a safe place where nothing's going to come in and get them, and I'm sure they got their 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 radar on really high alert right now, so they're going to watch for everything. Because if I were the camp commander of that sub, I'm going like, I don't want to be here, but if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be keeping a watchful eye. Think of how distracted we are. We're distracted by this election coming up in, in a few days. Mm -hmm. But what you just said is so scary. I mean, as we focus on this election in six days, the world is boiling, and they're, they're not talking about it. They're not talking about the Ukraine. They're not talking about the Russians. The Russians still are not very happy with us, and they still have the nuclear weapons to blow us off the uh, surface of the earth. Well, you know, we keep bragging, or we, we let uh, Zelensky brag, yeah, we took down some of their helicopters, we killed more Russians, oh, we had saboteurs. They didn't have saboteurs. We did. Now, how how much is Putin going to allow us to take out his military personnel and, you know, his, his, his forward-moving hardware? Mm -hmm. At some point in time, he's going to say, enough is enough, kind of like down in Brazil with the voters. You know what? I've said it, I've said it, and I've said it again. It's like a child that won't listen to you. Pretty soon, you give them a spanking. What have we we've been told since February that we won't have any boots on the ground in the Ukraine? We've been told yeah, right. that. We've been told that forever since this uh, war has started. I listened to the news yesterday, and and they said, well, that's not really the truth. We have 
auditors, military auditors on the ground in the Ukraine, making sure that a, the Ukraini, Ukrainians have the equipment they need from us and they're buying all the right stuff mm. and they're not misusing the funds. But, but correct me Didn't if I'm wrong, happen? but correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. These are army personnel in country on the ground. You can't tell me they're not walking around even with a handgun. They got to have something to protect themselves. Mm. So we have people in the Ukraine, and if they're telling us, Bill, that we have auditors on the ground right now just counting the guns and the munitions that we're, we're sending them, that says, that says to me we have we have soldiers there, too. They're just not well, telling us. Yeah, and, you know, go back. Now, it's hard for you and me to do and anybody to do. I mean, unless, you know, because Vietnam vets, they're all in, you know, they're up there now if they're still around. But if you go back to Vietnam... You know, and go back to Lyndon B. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well, we just we just had military advisors. Oh, sure, auditors. It was on the a ground. police action, Bill. It was a police action. Yeah. We're just we're monitoring. Yeah, we're not doing a damn thing. We're not going to war. It's a police action. And then the bombers started showing up. They never declared war in Korea. No, they called that a police action too. Semantics, nonsense. It was a yeah, bloody no, no, war. No, no. How did we do in Korea? Did we win that? Uh, they it, they say it came to a draw. You know, we, we okay. that's why How they have the DMZ. How do we do in Vietnam? We should have won. Well, let me tell you, in all honesty, yeah. the, the guys that I know in the military uh, have told me it shouldn't have been in doubt ever. We should have kicked their butt from one end of uh, Vietnam to the other. And the problem is... It was a political game being run by fatheads in Washington. The mm. the soldiers on the ground, the generals and the officers on the ground in Bonds. Vietnam were required to get their orders from people who weren't in country in Washington. They had no idea what was going on. There was a lag time between the orders in Washington and what was happening in Vietnam. Also, they would take a hill and they would fight for four, five, six, seven days for the hill, get the hill, and then after they've after we've lost a ton of our own our own men, we would leave within a day to go on to some other nonsense. I don't like that movie Hamburger Hill. It based upon that absolutely that was based upon right. Vietnam. We'll do it again tomorrow. By the way, you can contact us at 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. You may also want to tell them about some exciting news, Bill. About well, first I'm going to mention uh, mail at itsanotherday.com. Yeah, CRN America, you're asking about that. The stream is actually running right now. If you go to the website, it's not on there yet. It will be probably, could be minutes, could be hours, because i got to see how the link plugs in. Yeah. Once it does that, then we... Then we get the apps because we have the thumbnails for the apps, and then 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 you can take us with you wherever you go. This is the exciting. Stream, this the is stream it. will also be on on itsanotherday.com, too. There will be a link to it. I'll put that up today. People may wonder why we're doing this, why we've started CRN America. It's going to be an interesting platform. Essentially, it's going to be like, kind of like a streaming radio network. Am I correct? Yeah, well, it's, that's exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like you're listening to a radio station, but it is a radio station that will play off of your phone, just like what 
internet streaming is meant to be, but it's it's the same thing. Uh, right now, we have no time constraints. Uh, now, I did notice the clocks are set up, and I'm going to see how that goes. Uh, I noticed we're running behind in the hours because our shows are longer than an hour. Right. Um, and even though it has the schedules of when these shows play, it's got to get through it. So somewhere along the line, it's going to dump a show. Uh, and, you know, as we go along, we'll get our shows to fall in yes. line with the uh, with the time frame. We're in, so a, if you we're do in the test that, phase right now, really. We're, we're, right. Not, we're not really restricted for, for the most part right now, but we will be. Maybe this time next week. Uh, it's going to be exciting, folks, because you'll be able to listen to our show. It'll be on a rotating basis. You won't mm -hmm. be, we're being throttled by certain people. Uh, in yeah, it's interesting because we were, we were going, eh, our numbers don't seem to be right. Right. And that was yesterday. And then, you know, we're, I'm not going to go into all the stuff, but it's really funny because all of a sudden, just like that. Yeah. Everything changed and the numbers popped back in. It's like, okay, you know, I don't understand all the streaming stuff or the download. I do understand the streaming because it's like radio stations. Mm -hmm. People listen or they don't, you know, and we know that we have people listening, but we wanted to have more control and another out, outlet yeah. too. Yeah. So that's what this is really all about is, is, is more control. We will invite other podcasts. Right now it's us, 20 or seven. Check it, it out. CRN America, all one word, crnamerica.com. Yeah. Give it a, you know, give it, give it a few hours and, uh, it, you can see the webpage now and if you know, the player is up where it's, it's a live stream. Yep. So it's not, it works. it's not where it's going to be where we want it to be yet, but if you're interested and curious to see what we're doing, you can check it out. Hey, yeah. my friend, we'll do it again tomorrow. Stay well. Well, that's if there is a tomorrow. <laughs> there will be a tomorrow. The only problem with you is he. I should. This is a little aside, friends. He was oh, up till God. like one thirty in the morning, and then no, he had three, he, three o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning. And of course, here he is doing a show. Uh, God bless you. Three o'clock, and the uh, the alarm went off at six o'clock. Yeah, but and... you're a young guy, and you're still strong. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got yeah. The, these wrinkles are. You got the just... intestinal fortitude to do it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I got some kind of intestinal thing. <laughs> Goodbye, Bill. <laughs> <laughs>